At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm Danielle Alvari. Very excited for today's show. Two new guests to the pod and uh, great guests, really, that I'm excited about. First, we're going to get to hear from Alexis Kraft, who is a co-host of the Downtown Rams podcast, to dive into the Rams, of course. I'll ask her about the Chargers as well. And that is Kraft with a K. In case you're looking for her on Twitter, you can find her at the Alexis Kraft. Again, does a great job at the Downtown Rams podcast. And then, of course, you did not think I was going to leave out the WNBA playoffs. We're going to look at these Saturday Game 2 previews with Mark Schindler, basketball writer. Maybe you've seen his work on WNBA.com most recently. Uh, but before we get into both of those lovely guests, let's take a look at the Los Angeles odds. So NFL preseason, Texans at Rams. Texans laying two and a half total for this one, 38 and a half. I like the under to the point that I might actually be on that under 38 and a half. I think this has moved ever so slightly. Might've been at 39 half point shift down, but I like the under for this game. I think that we all saw um, Perkins look really great under McVay's system, obviously, and does a great job rushing the ball too to waste some time. I don't think the Texans offense is going to be able to do much. So under 38 and a half might be interesting. And the Chargers also in action, of course, against the Cowboys, hosting the Cowboys on Saturday. And the Chargers are laying three and a half after their two-point loss to the Rams last Saturday in preseason. Told for this one, 37 and a half. No huge take on this, really. Also, the Dodgers are in action as well. The Dodgers at the Marlins, or excuse me, hosting the Marlins. And the Dodgers' money line sitting around minus 250. 
That's nice. That's nice and hefty. But the run line, at least you get at minus 115. For the Marlins, it's minus 105. And for the Marlins money line, you're sitting at somewhere like 2 to 1, plus 205. Total for this one at 8. And if you are still watching Angels games, bless you. Good for you. Angels at the Tigers. Oh, God. So hard to watch. Uh, but the Angels money line is minus 130. The Tigers plus 110. The Angels minus one and a half runs. So the run line at plus 130. The Tigers run line. So you get one and a half runs and you get that at minus 150. Again, if we're newer here, that just means that if you bet $100, uh, you would not necessarily get 100 back in that situation. The juice is telling you how much you would have to lay to make 100 when you see that minus sign. So minus 150, you lay 100 $150 to win $100. Uh, the plus sign's a little bit more friendly. Uh, total for this game sitting at seven and a half. Pretty low total, which is understandable given the Angels' offensive woes, if you will. Patrick Sandoval on the mound for them, Matt Manning for the Tigers. And by the way, for the Dodgers, that is a Tyler Anderson game. And then he'll be against Jesus Luzardo for the Marlins. Uh, you can find all these odds and so much more WNBA odds and everything at Bet River Sportsbook. So now let's welcome in one of the hosts of the Downtown Rams podcast, Alexis Kraft. Alexis, we've been we've been planning this for a while, so I'm finally glad that we got a hold of you. I know. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Have you uh, started to prep? Are you in any fantasy leagues, anything like that? Because that's oh. where I'm at with football right now is I need to do some deep dive fantasy prep. I am in too many leagues, uh, definitely <laughs> in way over my head. Uh, it's definitely going to be a nightmare when the season starts. <laughs> but I just have so much fun drafting. I'm like addicted to it. So anytime anybody's like, do you want to be in a league? I'm like, yeah, I'm down. I don't even ask them how much it is anymore. It's a problem. Um, how many do you think you're in? Oh, I know I'm, I know for sure I'm in at least eight. But <laughs> eight that I know of. <laughs> that I know of. But I probably have committed to 12-ish. I don't know. I just get asked and I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And then I, I literally got a text today from my friend Dan and he's like, sent me a link for the league. I was like, what is this for? He's like, the league that you said you do. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so that's totally on top of it. Yeah, it's that's going to happen to me probably a lot until the season starts. And <laughs> I'll deal with it when it when it comes, I guess. Any Rams that you're looking to, to draft this year? Ooh, I mean, Cooper Cup is going to be hard to high on my list. Yeah, he's going to be hard to pass up on. Um, I mean, Matthew Stafford, I am surprised when I'm doing these drafts. He's kind of like on the lower end of quarterbacks. And that's kind mm -hmm. of surprising to me because of the numbers he had last year. And I think I'll have similar numbers. So he could be like a sleeper pick. I'd say for some people, you know, I know a lot of people don't really like taking a quarterback high anyway. They're yeah. not like, I guess, a premium fantasy position. So I would say if, if it gets to later rounds and there's not a lot of quarterbacks left, if Stafford's there... I think he's a good option. So, of course, there's there's question marks. There's clouds kind of surrounding the Stafford situation. We know he was dealing with an elbow injury last season, really. This goes back to last season. And now we're just seeing a little bit more speculation around it. And McVay's called it an abnormal injury or it's similar to a baseball injury. Uh, are you worried at all about that? I'm not really worried about it because one of last season, they kind of talked about it and it ended up being fine. Mm -hmm. And then this season, I think maybe it sounded more serious. But when he's been out at practice, he's been like lighting it up. You know, any any yeah. film that we see, he's doing just fine. He's throwing no look passes. He's getting a lot of reps in and he says he feels fine. So I guess, you know, we just have to take his word for it. But 
I'm not super worried about it. It's obviously not comforting to hear as a Rams yeah. fan when you hear that, you know, your quarterback is having, you know, kind of severe tendonitis in his arm. But just based off what I've seen from him playing and what I've heard from, you know, reporters and people at Rams camp, I feel good right now about the fact that it won't be an issue. Well, speaking of being a Rams fan, how how did you become a Rams fan? Were you born into this? Yeah, um, yeah I was born and raised in St. Louis. So that was oh, kind of where... origin story. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I was born, like, right before the greatest show on turf, like, a few years before that. So I was at all those games, funny enough, but I don't remember them. Um, everyone always gets excited when they hear that. And I'm like, I don't remember it. I was two years old, but I was there. <laughs> But so I, was there. I lived it. Yeah, I lived through it. My parents had like season tickets. Uh, yeah, was very devastated when they relocate relocated back to LA um, at that time. But I stayed a fan. I've just you know followed them, and I feel that I'm I've deserved all the success that we've had now. I feel I've <laughs> deserved in a weird way. I joke to people because I suffered through like the very, very bad years growing up. Like my formative years were filled with like two and 14 teams. So it really built mm. a lot of character. So I feel like I've paid my dues now with the Rams success in a weird way. Well, this is a weird question probably to ask given that they actually went on to win the Super Bowl. But mm -hmm. I'm, I'm wondering what your reaction was when you guys actually acquired Stafford last year as a lifelong fan. Did you think that was going to be a Super Bowl run year with Stafford? You know... Honestly, not at first. And I know a lot of people are shocked to hear that. Well, it wasn't that I was not thinking it'd be a Super Bowl uh, run per se, but my initial reaction was kind of like, I can't believe we gave up that many picks for like a guy who was with like oh, the yeah. Lions. And I thought Stafford they gave was a lot away Jared Goff. <laughs> yeah, like we gave, you know, away Jared Goff and a ton of draft picks. And in my mind, I was kind of like, Okay, like Stafford, I thought was better than Goff, so I mm -hmm. understood that. But I was like, that's like a lot to like give up. Like, and I said I went on a show like immediately after that happened, and I was kind of still like worked up about it. And I went on a show, <laughs> and I was like that night, and I was like, the only way that this trade is worth it is if we go to the Super Bowl next year. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And then we did, and Stafford totally like I guess he kind of proved me wrong because I was sitting there like super skeptical about it. Um, I but think I, most people were. I, yeah. I think we all were like, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Hopefully it pays off. Yeah, I know. I definitely was skeptical about it. And there was a lot of Rams fans who were kind of on my case about it, too. And mm -hmm. hey, they they got it right. I was wrong. But uh, as soon as the season started and I started seeing just kind of like the chemistry that was happening and the way Stafford was playing and the way that Sean McVay mm -hmm. was using him, I was like, all right, this adds up. I get it now. So it's funny, too, because uh, obviously this is a show sponsored by Bet Rivers, so we talk about betting. I told Alexis she does not have to be a betting expert or anything of that nature. We just wanted to talk football here. But one of the things you can bet on is, is most receiving yards. Would you look at Cooper Cup for that? He's in the top two or three candidates for that. And I think that that Stafford-Cooper Cup connection is just undeniable. It's just it's his favorite person to go to, clearly. So... Funny enough that you mentioned this, my friend, okay, so I, and I told you, you know, like you alluded to, like before the show, like I'm not as into betting as I'd like to be. Mm -hmm. Like I'm into it. I don't understand it. I'm not somebody who like, I, I need to be better about it. And my, my co-host of my podcast, Jake convinced me to join him in putting down a bet 
for it was it wasn't receiving yards it was most receptions and we actually put it down on Allen robinson with the rams not cooper cup and here's why yeah and at the time i think and so let me see if i get this right at the time i think it was like plus ten thousand odds or something we put down like Mm -hmm. a ten dollar bet and the payout is like a thousand and ten dollars yeah does that sound why not yeah Yeah. sounds doable but we did it for Allen Robinson because it, it. I feel like I have this feeling that teams are kind of on to Cooper Cup. Like now they are going to be like, we're not going to let this guy do what he did last year. They're going to double him. They're going to be on him. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to open like a really wide lane, like for Allen Robinson. And I would very much not be surprised if he got more receptions than Cooper Cup did next season. I know like a lot of people hear that and they're like, how can you even say that? I'm like, I'm not saying that you know he's better than Cooper Cup. I just think opportunity-wise, he could at least have more catches. So we did put that bet down for most receptions in the NFL. Just why not? Yeah. Um, I could see it. But, yeah, I mean, betting on Cooper Cup, like I definitely, if anyone was on the fence about it, I'd say go for it. I mean, he, he shows up all the time. Well, and you can bet props during the regular season, and you can bet how many receptions a player will get in a game. And Cooper Cup is is always, I mean, it's crazy. You can't even really bet it because it's so juiced. You have to lay so much money just to get any return on it because he's yeah. just that automatic. Stafford will go to him. Um, yeah. But to, to to the point about receiving yards, Cooper Cup is eight to one. So plus 800, you put $100 down, you win 800 if Cooper Cup gets the most receiving yards. And the only people also sitting at eight to one with him are Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. So Adds uh, up. definitely. What? So that adds up. Yeah, yeah, it tracks. It all makes sense. And Al Robinson, not that he's going to have the most receiving yards, is sitting at 40 to 1. So, you know, you bet $100, you win 40,000. That sounds great. I um, mean, <laughs> tempting, I guess. Tempting tempting at that at those odds, perhaps. Uh, let's talk about the Rams overall. I mean, they're yeah. favored to win the NFC West, obviously, at plus 125 at Bet Rivers. This is not the same NFC West of years past. What are your thoughts? You know... I so the NFC West is like undergoing kind of a massive change. Uh, Fifty half the division, I would say, this year because mm-hmm. for starters, you look at the Seahawks who've lost Russell Wilson, and he was their team. I mean, DK Metcalf is there; he's obviously very good, but that team was ran by Russell Wilson, and that was kind of their identity. And now he's gone, and they kind of have a huge question mark at quarterback. I mean, they got Geno Smith, they got Drew Locke. It kind of feels, and I've talked to some Seahawks fans about this, it feels kind of like a tank year for the Seahawks, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. kind of just like, let's see what works, maybe get a top draft pick. The next draft next year has, like, a ton of first-round quarterbacks. As of now, seems like a good year to take a quarterback next year. So let's just see what happens. They're kind of, like, in a rebuild experimental mode. So I don't think that the Seahawks are going to be super competitive this year. And then you have the 49ers, who are a very, very good team, but they have a new quarterback. And you, how much do you believe in Trey Lance? I'm, I don't know. I feel like I go back and forth on Trey Lance all the time. Like, do you remember but, him getting drafted? It was such a shock. Yeah, I was. I was doing a stream with uh, my co-host, actually at Downtown Rams, who was like a huge Trey Lance fan, mm-hmm. and we were sitting there, and I thought they were going to take Mac Jones. Um, Cause that yeah, was kind of like, yeah, that was, I think a, a savvy like media ploy by the 49ers to kind of like oh, yeah. leak Genius. that. 
yeah, at the time looking back, I didn't clock it back then, but now looking back, I'm like, they totally were trying to fool everybody. <laughs> they played me. Um, they played me hard. Yeah, yeah they really did, because I was sitting there, and I was like, they're going to take Mac Jones, and my co-host but was the thing sitting is, there. Shanahan's mind, I was like, maybe he's going to do something with Mac Jones that we don't see. Maybe, And so I literally was like, yeah. maybe Shanahan has a plan, and then it was just, just a red herring. Yeah, well my co-host was sitting there and he was just like freaking out they were going to take Lance I'm like they're not going to take Lance calm down <laughs> because he's such a big Trey Lance fan and he's like I know he's going to end up in our division I'm going to be forced to cheer against him like and I was like just yeah. calm down like they're going to take Mac Jones and then they took Trey Lance uh and then I felt bad about it for his sake um yeah. I don't know I guess to answer the question I don't know how I feel about Trey Lance but I think either way whenever it's a figure it, it out year yeah, like whenever you have a new quarterback, it's kind of like it takes time for an offense to kind of gel together. So I, I'm i not saying the 49ers won't be competitive, but I'm not as nervous about it as I was last year. We, we obviously right. played in the NFC Championship last year. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, pretty they were pretty competitive. Uh, and then the Cardinals, I don't know. That's another, like, I'm... I think Kyler Murray is good, obviously, but I'm not as high on that him. That team has had drama. It's so there's so much drama. I mean, <laughs> ho- start with Hopkins isn't going to be there, and then Hollywood Brown. I think he's back, but I remember he, the last I heard of him, he got arrested, and then I was like, okay, he he got arrested. What's going on with that? And then yeah, their defense is kind of like shaken up. So defense, I don't really such an issue. Yeah, I don't know. So I think it's the Rams to lose. I'll say that. I definitely think they're the yeah. front runner in the division. Yeah, I, I agree. And and I mean, you're seeing them at plus 125 again at Bet Rivers. And that's not exciting enough for me to bet a whole season long bet that you don't get to cash until they end up actually winning the division. And again, still a tough division. And we don't know what Trey Lance is going to look like. But I do think that the Rams have an easier path through the NFC West than years past, at least. Um, yeah. So that's and- exciting. Yeah, well, I was going to say the NFC in general is a lot weaker this year, I think. Yeah. Like, everybody went to the AFC, and they all went to the AFC West in particular, like, in free agency. So, I've I've just been telling people, I was like, the Rams really don't have an excuse to not do well in the NFC this year, because I do think it is a significantly weaker conference than the AFC. Well, let's flip conferences then. I know that you obviously are a host of the downtown Rams, but we have another LA team, the Chargers. Do you follow them at all? Because I'm I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan. I just I, I am. I, how, do you, I, how are you not? Right. I I love Justin Herbert and I love the Chargers. And it's so it, I know that there's like a LA rivalry type thing, but I don't participate in it because I don't. Mm-hmm. I guess because I'm not from LA, so it's not as like personal to me. Um, but I love the Chargers. Yeah, I follow them. I don't follow them, obviously, as close as the Rams, but I like them. And Herbert is like, I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan. It's so, like you said, it's so hard to not be just because he's mm-hmm. such like an, like a cool person and he seems so kind, but also he's just like amazing on the field. Sorry, I'm just dropping my phone over here. No big deal, guys. Um, yeah, no, what I was going to ask about is, is passing yards for Justin Herbert because he's sitting at 6-1. to one. He's the shortest shot. Joe Burrow's behind him at 8-1 to one, uh, for most passing yards in the regular season. That's so much fun to me, a Justin Herbert bet at 6-1. to one. You put 10 bucks down, you win 60. I mean, you wouldn't, but you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, he's... He's got a cannon, and he likes to throw it. Uh, yeah, and it's so fun to watch him do that. So I hope that he, you know, breaks a record or something. I'd love to w- see it and watch it. Yeah, I-, I was I was upset with the way their season ended last year. So I'm hoping that you know, him and Staley. I think it's going to be good. 
I know it's the Chargers. It feels like that always just happens to the Chargers. Like they get so close and then they lose. And I just would love to see them. Um, last year, I thought like maybe they could have like an all LA Super Bowl, which like the Rams versus Chargers. Oh, we all hoped for it. <laughs> I know. Could you imagine in LA? I mean, miss opportunity. But hey, maybe maybe we'll still get an all LA Super Bowl. They just won't have it in LA. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up with that then. So, what are you thinking for the Super Bowl this year? Have you gotten that far in your projections yet? Yeah. So, I write an article every year for the Downtown Rams website. It's more for fun, but I literally go and I I predict every single game. Oh, um, yeah, and I I pro- project the winners for each and every game and every every their playoff game by their schedule. And I just finished I haven't finished the article, but I finished doing like my predictions and I went through the schedule and I ended up with another Rams Bengals Super Bowl. And I was really oh surprised. <laughs> I know. I don't I don't know how I feel about it, but I was just going through the schedules and the matchups based on the way that everything shook out. It ended up being the Bengals and the Rams again. And I'm I don't really know what to make of it. I mean, I'd love to see it. I, I'm a big Joe Burrow fan and I've always said the only time also I've fun ever to watch. Yeah, he's so fun to watch. Him and Jamar Chase's connection, so fun to watch. And the only time I've ever rooted against him was in the Super Bowl because he played my team. And even then, it was like it pained me to have to do that because I really mm-hmm. do like him. Um, so I guess I just had to stick by it and say Bengals and Rams again. I I mean, there's so many. I could see the Chargers and the Rams, like I mentioned I was earlier. Say, is there a team that you think will like sneak into that maybe we're not paying attention to? I'm a, I'm a little high on the Broncos, oh. I think. So Russell Wilson love. Okay. Yeah. Which is again, surprising coming from a Rams fan. Um, (laughs) but he's not in my division anymore. I just feel like they have like a pretty like underrated offense, especially, but an Mm -hmm. underrated team. Um, I mean, you look at like maybe the Ravens, I'm a little shaky on their receiving core though. Um, Mm -hmm. and the AC, as far as the NFC goes, I really do stand by the Rams and, um, you know, just again, looking at, at the NFC compared to the AFC, I I feel like it's there's really not it's as much competition. I think it is a much weaker division. Like I said, there was a huge influx of players from the NFC to the AFC. So when you just look mm-hmm. at rosters as a whole, I think the NFC is much more open than the AFC is. And I think hopefully if the Rams stay healthy and they do their thing like they did last year, I feel pretty confident they can make another Super Bowl run. So Rams to win the NFC West is theirs to lose. Rams to win the yep. FC. Rams to make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, standing by it. We'll see. I hope so. What's what's the podcast she hosts again? Oh, Downtown Rams. Okay, that yep. everything adds up. Then everything tracks. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alexis, know. where can so people can find your stuff at the Downtown Rams website? Yep, Downtown Rams yep. website. Um, I I post a lot on Twitter. Uh, that's my favorite app to interact with people on. Um, and then I do some YouTube stuff here and there. So I do have a YouTube channel. But yeah, Downtown Rams, if you're a Rams fan, uh, when the season starts, we do episodes twice a week. We've been doing it once a week over the summer and the off season. Mm-hmm. But uh, when the season starts, we do like a game preview and then a game recap episode. So twice a week. So almost Definitely here. Worth and, and your Twitter, in case anybody wants, it's the Alexis Craft and Craft with a K. Yes, the Alexis Crafts. It's funny, we were talking about usernames. Uh, that was a username I created when I was 15. Um, and I've I've stuck with it. I tried to change it. Someone took Alexis Craft, so that was the only other option. Um, I love it. And I, I love your Skype name. I'm not going to give it out to people, obviously, but yeah. um, 
but the real ones know. So we appreciate you coming on today, Alexis. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah. Okay. So stick with us though, because we do have WNBA playoffs to talk about next with Mark Schindler right here on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Kick off football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. Check out betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. Every week, Bet Rivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm Danielle Avari. Very excited to welcome in a new guest. Even though the WNBA regular season is over, I'm still bringing in new awesome uh, basketball writers here. And today we have Mark Schindler. You can find him on Twitter at MG underscore Schindler. Uh, Mark, how is your microwave, first of all? I know we had to delay our, <laughs> yeah. to delay our start today because he had microwave issues. It's been it's been a wild ride, actually, much like the like like the regular season. Um <laughs> it it died. Shoot, probably like two or three weeks ago, they sent somebody out to fix it. They put in a new microwave and they left and it did not work. Uh, so I had it like randomly set up. They, they called me today and they're like, hey, we can make this happen today. I'm like, okay, well, cool. That, that's perfect, I guess. But um, I have a working Do you use it a lot? Because uh, I, yes. I microwave a lot. I couldn't last three weeks with that one. Consistently. Luckily, yeah. uh, not to sound bougie, I have a second microwave um, in my basement. But yeah, <laughs> second microwave. It's just you know necessary for the family comes over to eat, eat stuff up. But yeah, it's uh, now I don't have to walk down the stairs to get to, to go to the microwave, so it makes it a lot easier. Okay, yeah, that was that's luxurious having two microwaves. Obviously, I think it's interesting because I have friends who have no microwaves and I don't know how they live. But that's probably because they actually you know cook. Mm-hmm. That said, speak of cooking, uh, the Liberty beat the sky at home on Wednesday, round one here. And so the Liberty now in this three-game series have the one game up. The Sky, if they win game two, then it heads back to New York for game three. So this is a really bad position for the Sky on Saturday. The Liberty are getting eight and a half in this game. And we saw on Wednesday this line open around seven and a half, got up to 10 before game time. I grabbed Liberty plus 10. I thought that is just disrespectful to this Liberty team. Uh, Were you surprised by the outcome on Wednesday? Um, I think... A little bit, yes, but also I think that this matchup really presented a lot of opportunities for there to be um, some real opportunity for upset. Like this Liberty team, like I think it's tough because when you look at the back end of the schedule, um, they weren't really playing a difficult schedule. I, I think I, I, they finished seven and three in their last ten games. Most of those were against teams that were fighting for the seven and eight spot. So pretty easy schedule. But also, they went back, like, Benajah Laney came back after playing only three games the entire season. It was three or four, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Jocelyn Willoughby was out for most of the season. She isn't really back in the rotation at all. But um, point being, like, they had three of their starters that they started the year with miss significant time. Especially, like, Beck Allen missed half the season as well. And she's really reintegrated over the last couple of weeks. So this team has gotten kind of hot at the right time. And it's weird when you go through lineup data, like, all of their best lineups are from the last couple of weeks but they're still meshing, still trying to find out what's going on. Um, but that also works counterintuitively, too, for, for the Sky, because the Sky are coming off of, okay, well, yes, we're a really good team, but we, 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 we've had issues playing this, this Liberty squad. Um, part of that due to travel, of course, but it, they still lost. Um, and now they're fully healthy. They have some players back who we haven't gotten to see play against them. So it makes it really funky, and we saw that play out yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the Sky even just, like, doubling up on some of the Liberty players and Liberty taking advantage of hitting the open person. I just think that they exploited that really well. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think 
that it was interesting. You actually brought this up before we started recording uh, that that head coach of the sky, James Wade, had some issues with this three game format. Uh, we talk about the value of home court advantage. I think in the WNBA, there are teams that it's very much present, such as Seattle. I don't know about New York as much. What, what are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, I think like home court definitely plays a part. And I think to me, it's more so it's less about home court, especially when you're looking at a three game series like mm-hmm. um I can't imagine being this guy after this game. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. one thing to lose a close game. I mean, to win a close game in game one, but to lose this game in that fashion on your home court when you're the reigning champs, I think sometimes that stuff can get overplayed. But again, like, this is a three-game series. Like, you really – okay, you lose all opportunity to mess up. So that makes it interesting. Like, I would bet on this guy to win the second game. But in terms of, like, making it a third game, like, that – again, that just adds in an extra wrinkle. Like – it's hard to not see how that's going to have some kind of impact on this. Um, like you mentioned, I think like they, they were throwing two to the ball regularly against the, the Liberty, and that was that was interesting to see. Rebecca Gardner didn't play as much as I was expecting yesterday. Part of that was offensively, I think she didn't have a great game, but um, she's been their best guard against Sabrina the entire year whenever they've played. And when she's not out there, they've had to throw to the ball because she's so good from what she can do creating shots from deep. But then again, like you mentioned, she was picking it apart with her passing. Like her passing was incredible yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the whole team was just really good at moving the ball seamlessly and, and really attacking them. And one of my favorite parts of the game, like pretty much off rip, um, often you're going to see teams that are setting screens, you know, like just above the, the top of the key. The Liberty were setting screens like 30 feet away from the rim. So like, you know, you have the defense is having to set up um, higher and higher as the game goes on and really trying to spread them out. And as, I mean, you could see on that that pass from Mourinho Hannes late in the game, you saw how high up the defense was having to play, and they completely forgot about the roller because of you know how uh, Natasha Howard's kind of snuck back door. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it was again like a really interesting matchup, and I guess cannot imagine reliving that that pass if you're on the receiving end of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, awesome game. Yeah, and and I was surprised honestly to see the level of offense that we saw from New York, even though to your point, they did have a little run at the end of the season, but I guess I was like, is this really against tough competition was my question. Mm -hmm. And then they came out and they proved them. I definitely did not see them winning by seven. Obviously I took them at plus 10. Uh, And now we're seeing eight and a half. You mentioned taking the sky to win the second game. The money line at bet rivers right now is minus four fifty five. So of course their backs up against the wall. That's a factor here. Any, any belief in you at all that the Liberty, could close it out in Chicago and win the second game because that, their money line is plus 320. I mean, I think it's definitely possible. Like if I if I'm doing this strictly from like a betting perspective, I think I would bet on the Liberty just because, you know, like with I the think the points that, or money line? Uh, with the money line. Just because like wow. I look at it and I'm okay. like um I would just look at this and be like, okay, I think that there's a real opportunity. Like the way that the Liberty played and again, the way that they're finding a groove and even then like Chicago struggled a little bit on the back end of the season. Um mm-hmm. I mean, not that I think it's going to be a, a, a game that isn't close, but um, I think I would just look at this, like, especially with how Benajah Laney played. Like, that was my biggest question coming into this. Yep. Um, like, we know Benajah Laney's an all-W player at her best. She was the best player on the team headed in the year. I think Sabrina Unescu's taken over that, that mantle. But um, what she brought defensively yesterday was incredible. And, like, she really just saying buying into a role. She's still a star, but, like, especially when you have a player that is that caliber that can soak up usage coming in that late to the season, that's always going to be a question. Like, okay, you know, when you have to redistribute how much uh, of, of the ball is going to them, I honestly think she did a really good job picking her spots yesterday, and she hit she hit some really good tough shots as well. 
Um, it takes pressure it, off Sabrina. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it did that. But again, like, like we mentioned, the, the defense was huge. Like I felt like that was the most that we've seen Chicago's offense stymied in, in a minute, especially by the Liberty. Mm-hmm. So um, I was pretty impressed by that. And I, again, I think it's, it's, I'm not telling people to take the money line. I'm just saying if I'm putting money on this game, I think I would take the money line just because that's my gut feeling. Well, that's a fun bet for sure. And, and to your point, if you like Liberty on the money line and people want the points, then that's an even safer bet, right? Liberty plus eight and a half. I think that that number is too high. I think eight and a half is too high. But it's it's so tough because we talk about the Liberty being a really high volatility team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they shot 49% in game one. They went 11 of 25 from three. So 44%. The Sky went 7 of 25, so got up the same amount of shots, but only shot 28% from three. So do you think that that is going to continue, or do you think we'll see some regression for New York? Also, New York, by the way, phenomenal free throw shooting team. Like, time and time again, they went 13 of 14. Sky only went 16 of 22. I mean, if you asked me which team had these numbers, I would have flipped these. Yeah, um, I think it's a good question. Like, I I do think, like, uh, what makes a three-game series so interesting, like, I think if it was a seven-game series, like, it's easy for me to be like, oh, well, yeah, I think the shot race is going to even back out. But in a three-game series, I don't know. Like, that's what makes it so weird with the format because I, it's it's hard to gauge that. I do think that we could see it even out. But I think my bigger concerns would be more so, like, Chicago definitely missed good shots. Like, Courtney Vandersloot had a really rough game yesterday, particularly yeah. from the, from outside the arc. Um, and just on jumpers in general. And I think that will change up. Uh, maybe not not even just Courtney, but I think just in general, like Ali Quigley missed a lot of shots too that yeah. were, was atypical for her. But I also think I can look at it and be like, well, I think the Liberty's defense could have been, could be, can be better game planning wise. They had some gaps that um, I think they will clean up. But when I looked at Chicago, like I felt like it was less about the threes and it's more about how the Liberty were getting them. Like I think... Um, mm. You saw so much of how open um, they were able to to get players on the roll towards the basket. Like early on in the game, the Sky were pretty willing to switch or just go under on screens. And Stephanie Dolson hits those those four threes early on, and that really changes the calculus for everything. Like when you have to start guarding out to her instead of uh, just kind of sagging off her or drifting away. Um, again, like when you're playing in a in in a sample size this small that you can't just kind of be willing to play the numbers changes things up um so i think again it, it'll depend on how they establish themselves early but um i feel like i feel a lot more confident in the liberty being able to fix some of their errors than i do in the sky being able to just completely shift things again yeah i i agree i agree with you absolutely and so it's it's tough for me to not want to look to liberty again to at least take the points you're getting eight and a half i mean they just beat them by eight uh and I do think that you're right, that Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, expecting them to look, hopefully look a little bit better, and maybe that kind of corrects course. But I don't know. that This is, like, sad, too, because yeah. these are the defending champs, obviously. Uh, we unfortunately have to talk about the other game as well. <laughs> so, the, oh, and also, you know, before we move on, any issues with this being a really early game? It's going to be East Coast time, so it'll be actually noon for East Coast time, but it'll be a 9 a.m. Pacific time if you're watching. That's going to be fun for me to get up for. But... Do you think that the fact that it's an earlier day game is going to affect it at all? Uh, I think it could. Um, I gosh, I haven't even thought about that. That is a great <laughs> point to bring up. I mean, I'm not, I'm not super averse to it, um, especially since it's on the weekend. But I still like if if it's going to be a matinee game, like let's make it 3 p.m. Like instead of right? 12. 12. 12 is a little early because I'm like all the reason more for me too to like should I look under in this? But yeah. then you don't know because it could be really tight. We have like just. 
fighting tooth and nail at the end. So I will say, though, touch... I think the Liberty played more early day games than anybody yes. this year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's like right yeah. about up there. But also, they struggled in the early day games. So I was going to say, I, could, I remember maybe, them playing them and it not going. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe, maybe the under is in our future. But, um, that, I mean, it could Dicey. play a fact for sure. Dicey, dicey. Uh if you were going to bet a money line on this game, let's say you think the Sky are going to win or whatever, uh, you could just parlay it with the Aces and it still wouldn't be that much value because the Aces are just such heavy favorites here. Uh, Aces money line, just for the fun of it, minus 2,500 at Bet Rivers. Uh, but the Mercury getting 15 and a half points, even though the Aces beat them by 16 on Wednesday. The Mercury also another loss. We already know they're playing without Diana Taurasi, Skylar Diggins-Smith. They lost Tina Charles to the Storm. And now Shea Petty out in the third quarter, non-contact injury, possibly a torn Achilles, just really, really rough um, go of it for the Mercury at this point. I don't want to bet the spread in this game, but do you think the Aces cover this again? Uh, yeah, my assumption would be yes, especially <laughs> yeah. to like uh, Asia had probably her worst game of the last month yesterday. Yeah. Um, and part of that, like, I mean, Bri Brianna Turner was fantastic on her. Um, but I would just, I mean, Asia Wilson's Asia Wilson. I would imagine she's going to play a lot better. Um, even like, I mean, even just looking at that first half, I felt that the aces didn't play their best offense. They really struggled a little bit with zone. Um, but then they kind of found their way even before Shea got injured. Um, and also mm -hmm. just prayers up to Shea cause that sucked to see. She's been having a really great yeah. season. Um, and just for the mercury in general, like I'm, I think the, the best thing that could happen is the mercury just having the season season over because it's been just awful in, in all accounts. I was sad when they got in. Yeah. I mean, thanks a lot, Kurt Miller. Uh, no, <laughs> I I totally agree. And, and to your point, it was even before Shea was out. Aces outscored the Mercury 26 to 12 in the final seven minutes. Like, this is just going to be abysmal. We did see a lower scoring game, I think, the undercash for a lot of people. I don't anticipate seeing a high scoring game next, to your point. And also, you mentioned Asia Wilson. Is she your MVP for the season? Have you thought about the MVP race at all? Yeah, so I did. I'm an awards voter, so I had I voted awesome. her for MVP. Um, okay. It was a. I don't want to say it was easy for me. Like I thought, it's not as a as cut and dry as I think some people made it out to be. Like I do think like if somebody voted for Stewie, I'm not going to complain. But to me, it, yeah. yeah, it was Asia. She's been the best player on the best team all year, and uh, just but a two horse race for you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, was there anybody else that was like more on the outskirts that you had any kind of consideration for? I guess who would your, your third place person be? My third place was Candace Parker. She's been incredible oh. this season. Um, she's in the defensive player of the year race as well. So like mm -hmm. I considered it, but again, it's just Brianna and, and, uh, and Asia have been on totally different level. You know, who stood out to me this year? Jackie oh. Young. Yes. She's been awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I was scared a little bit at the start when she kind of went out with that injury, but I think, you know, definitely deserves some flowers from this season. Do you think the Aces go on to win this title at this point? Because let's see, winner of this game goes on to face the winner of Seattle and Washington. Yeah, it's a tough matchup for them. Like, because whoever they're playing, uh, I think something I just wrote about with, I mean, Washington, I, I honestly think Elena Deladon's kind of gone under the radar this season and how good she's been. Um, I had a lot of questions coming into the year and what she was going to look like, particularly defensively. Uh, you know, what's yes. her mobility going to be like? And she's been awesome defensively um, compared to what my expectations were. And, and I mean, offensively as well, like she's what makes that team work. I think they're better constructed to play playoff basketball. Um and that's that, – I mean, just this series being a first-round series is crazy to me. Them playing the Storm in the first round, like – It's so unfair. Exactly. And then you can counter – like, I have a Mystics 15-1 to 1 ticket, so I'm particularly okay. upset. 
Yeah. Oh, yes. It, it's because like, also, if the Mystics can get this done on the road at Seattle, all of that looming over them, they swept the Aces in the regular season. Yeah. And like they they play the Aces well. They're a team like that is the worst matchup I think you could find for the Aces in this yeah. in the playoffs right now. On the other hand, though, I feel like the Aces really started to figure out the Storm, um, especially yeah. with how well Asia was playing. But what's mm -hmm. interesting, too, with the Storm, like, Jewel Lloyd struggled most of the year by her standards. Like, I did not have her as an all-star, to be, to be honest. Like, I think, in, like, she's obviously she's that caliber player, but the season that she was having, I, I wasn't there. The last two weeks, she's been insane. Like, she's found her tough shot making again. Um, we know what the defense is going to be. Her shot from outside the arc's been unreal. If that's the player the Storm are getting, like, I, it, sorry to your 15 to 1, like, that makes it e even that much harder. But, I mean, that's, again, like, that series, I'm I'm so excited for that. Like, I, I'm so mad that that is not the first game on the slate tonight, to be honest. Like, yeah, I I fell asleep uh, in the in the middle of the fourth last night uh, during the during the Aces game. So I had to rewatch it today. But um, I will be drinking plenty of coffee so I can actually stay up for that one tonight. Yeah, well, I have to wake up early, as you know, for the Saturday game. Yeah. Uh, Aces, Storm. I'm just looking at this half of the bracket right now because I was wondering, I mean, I have Mystics 15-1. to 1. If I think Seattle's coming out of this matchup, between the Aces and Seattle, who do you think is advancing? I think because... I would take the Aces over Seattle right now. Okay, because they are the shorter shot. But Seattle's sitting there at, like, plus 650 to win mm -hmm. the title. And no one's really talking about them. It's it's tough because like I I like Seattle. I just don't know if I'm quite there. Like I, I does the the you know added drama and pageantry of Sue Bird's final playoff run factor in for you at all? Not really, honestly. Like I think doesn't buy into the hype. <laughs> no, which maybe who knows? Maybe that that bites me. But I uh, I think I just look at that team and again like I. If Jewel is going to be this level of Jewel, then I think I could definitely buy them as, as a title contender. But I need to see how this first first series goes because yeah. if she kind of reverts back a little bit to what she's been throughout the year, then I have a lot more questions because their half-court offense can just really gum up when when they don't have it going. And it's looked better um, with Tina Charles kind of figuring out her role. But um, especially, like, again, with the Mystics, like, we saw them particularly in that back-to-back that -back series that we saw um, find ways to really pick apart the storm um, with how well Elena's playing. And Elena, like, throughout her career has given Brianna Stewart problems on, on both ends. Um, I, don't, I, I, I still am, like, I very much want to want to take the Mystics here. Like, I, I think that I'm there with that. That makes me happy to hear. Yeah. <laughs> makes me happy to hear. Uh, the other side of the bracket could be chaos. It really could because yeah. if the Liberty beat the Sky – Heaven forbid the defending champs. But if the Liberty beat the Sky, they face the winner of Dallas, Connecticut. And I'm sorry to be down on Connecticut just slightly, but Dallas could upset them. And then we could all of a sudden have a Liberty-Dallas matchup, and that would just be insanity. So th this side of the bracket just got very chaotic for me. Yeah, no, that could be crazy. I will say um, I am much less high on Dallas upsetting this team. Um, I think no, it's Enrique, interesting. That's yeah. Fair. Well, I so I maybe I'm biased because I have a feature coming out on. Uh, and we are a, recording before the game on Thursday night, so we don't know what yeah, happened in that. So, yet. so I'm not but being biased in that sense, but yeah, I was in Connecticut yeah. a couple of weeks ago to work on a feature that's going to come out this weekend. But, um, like I look at this Connecticut team, like I think that there's definitely more of a ceiling to what they do. But in terms of floor, like you know what they're bringing every game. Um, they are the team. Like I mean, like like you mentioned earlier, like <laughs> mad at Kurt Miller because of what happened to the Lynx, like. 
they're going to come out like with their game plan every single night and they're going to just absolutely grind teams down. I just don't have faith in this Dallas team. Like I know that they've played better recently, but I think my issue is what they do and what has been working for them is not what led them to beat Connecticut in the regular season. That was the only team in the playoffs that uh, Dallas actually um, won the, their season series against. A lot of what won that for them was Enrique's shot making and what she brought in late game mm. situations. Um, they played a much more aggressive defense at that time. That was before Tierra McCallum was heavily factored in. I think against the Sun, like Dallas's offense gets really predictable in the half court. Like it works because Tierra McCallum's been awesome, but I think against the, the Sun are the best team equipped to handle Tierra McCallum. And also, too, it's more so, it's less about Tierra McCallum actually getting her the ball. Um, I just don't have a lot of confidence in their their actual half court offense and, and playmaking. I don't sun think in two or sun in three. And again, I we'll know personally the results of the first game tomorrow. Like I, in my sun in two, I sun in two. Okay, I have Dallas plus ten on Thursday night, so we'll see if that actually hit or not. You'll know by the time you hear this podcast, so you can make fun of me on that one. But um, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Mark, I meant to ask you this at the top of the show. We didn't even get into this. How did you get into writing basketball? I'd like to know the, the men behind the words, of course. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I kind of was all over the place. I started off, I went to Michigan State for school, um, and I worked for the football team there. Uh, I was like impassioned about becoming a college football coach, and I worked there for a year, and I absolutely hated it, and it totally turned me off to doing that kind of work. What was um, the worst part? What did you hate about it? Oof. Uh, I'm trying to think what all I can say. Uh, just some oh, of the coaches. Like I was yeah. right there, right before um, all the Larry Nasser stuff hit. So there was just a, a lot of stuff underneath that you could yeah. see that was not not great and bubbling up. Um, so but then, then from there, yeah. So then I was, uh, you know, even before I got in there, I was working on a on a on, on a pro boxing career, and uh, I was like really in love with that. I was definitely overcommitted to it. Um, ended up getting an injury from overtraining that ended up keeping me out from the sport altogether. Um, and I kind of just had to take some time off and figure out, you know, what I was going to do with my life. Honestly, I, I, I'd been in school there, but I didn't really like what I was doing. I was in medical school and I hated it. I <laughs> like so much. Um, and, uh, I ended up just taking a year off, kind of trying to figure out where I was at and what I was doing. And, um, I'd never really, uh, I, every sport I'd ever done was like extremely serious. Like I didn't, not that I didn't like it, but I was much more like, you know, it was because I had to do it rather than because I loved doing it. And basketball had just always been kind of fun for me. And, uh, in that year, I just like really got into watching league pass and, and being around the game. And, um, so I kind of had always told myself when I was an athlete growing up that I was never going to be a sports writer because I didn't like sports writers. And here we are today. So, you know, life comes at you You're fast. the exception, of course. Yeah. By the way, that answer was way more interesting than I was expecting. So Appreciate we went that. from football coach uh, possibly to boxer, professional boxer, to uh, med school. So uh, that was a much more interesting answer. And that's my favorite question to ask people always. People don't realize that we are people behind our Twitter accounts. Yeah. Again, you can follow uh, Mark on MG underscore Schindler on Twitter. And uh, he's surgical with his writing. <laughs> so we know that. So <laughs> Mark, where can people find um, something you've written recently? Yeah, so I just had a feature go up on Isabel Harrison from the Dallas Wings today over at WNBA.com, um, which is mm. my mainstay right now. Um, I would recommend checking that out because she's playing tonight. Uh, I believe she's playing tonight. She might be out with a shoulder injury, but TBD. But um, yeah, that was, she was really great and uh, definitely encourage people to read that. Awesome. All right, Mark, we'll check you out on WNBA.com. And thank you all for listening, as always, to the Los Angeles CityCast. We'll be back in action on Tuesday, and we won't 
really know what games we'll be covering, but um, hopefully there's games for us to cover. Uh, maybe Game 3s, and Calvin Wetzel will be here for that. Uh, so look forward to Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday next week of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook.